I wanted to begin with uh, just reading from my devotion time this morning. It was in uh, verses 25 and, and 26. It says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her so that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water um, by the word. Jesus loves the church and he gave himself for her in order to build her up by what Ephesians 5.26 says? By the word of God. And I'm just amazed how relevant the word of God is to, uh, to, to March 23, 2021 and all the issues of our day that are causing strife and, and confusion. And as, as you may or may not be aware, one of those uh, issues that is ca causing strife and confusion uh, in and outside of the body of Christ is the COVID-19 vaccination uh, program. And, and this evening, I want to share with you some things from the Word of God, which give, I feel, very specific direction on how a Christ follower is to respond to the swirling and swarming issue around us concerning um, this vaccination program. But I want to start with I really do want to start with this. Um, I, uh, this past weekend, last weekend, the elder board of Calvary Chapel had a, had a prayer retreat uh, in New Hampshire. And uh, it was a productive time. It was a, um, a powerful time. And, uh, but it, if I were to use one word to describe it, um, I think that I would use the word sweet. I would use the word sweet. There was a sweetness that characterized our time together. A love for each other. A powerful unity. There was a sweetness to the fellowship that was, to be honest, addicting. Uh, that, in spite of the fact uh, that there, in spite of the existence of issues in the past year that have divided leadership of churches all over the country, face masks, social distancing, how to respond to the civil unrest in the wake of George Floyd, to march or not to march, do Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, how serious the threat of COVID really is. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, is this government overreaching? And now more recently, vaccinations. I can tell you that the Calvary Chapel Elder Board is not in full agreement at all, really, on any of those issues. Not a single one of them. I'm quite certain, uh, it, it, that um, not one of these issues is there going to be full agreement. On the contrary, the differences of opinion on most or all of them are going to be quite passionate. But then why the sweetness? Why the love for each other that we had at this retreat and came home with? Why the unity? Well, there are a few reasons. One is that the elders are not stupid. I say that with reverence. The Calvary Chapel elders are not stupid. These are men of God. They're not stupid. They know what the devil is up to. They know what Jesus says about the devil, that the thief does not come except to Steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. Destroy what? The unity of the church, among other things. He wants to destroy the unity 
of churches throughout the United States of America. Why might that be? Why might the devil want to destroy the unity of the church? Why would he want to prevent a sweetness of fellowship in our church? Well, the answer is in John 17. John 17, uh, right before Jesus is arrested and crucified. God, this Jesus, God, the son, pray, prays to God, the father. And two times in verse 21 and 23 of that chapter, Jesus prays to the father that the church would be unified because when the world looks at that unity, they will be convinced that the father sent the son into the world. John 17, 23, Jesus prays this, prays father that I would be in them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that they, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The devil knows that when the unbelieving world sees that the church has unity, which the world sees nowhere else, all the world sees is division and strife. The, uh, the devil knows that when, uh, the world sees unity in the church, they will know something supernatural is going on and that they will believe the Father sent the Son. So he tries to destroy that unity. The second reason there is unity amongst the elder board at, at Calvary Chapel is even though um, they may not be, we are not in agreement on all those issues, face masks, uh, face masks, vaccinations, uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, whatever, uh, is, is that they know the Bible. They're well read in the Bible. These are men of God. And they know that at least two full chapters, we're not talking just a couple verses in the chapter. We're talking two full chapters in the New Testament, Romans chapter 14 and 1 Corinthians chapter 8, state in the most direct way that we are not supposed to be judging others when they are in disagreement with us on issues such as face masks, politics, and vaccinations. Two full chapters. Why is so much of the Bible dedicated to that issue? Because the issues of that time were, were the same or worse. People uh, were eating meat, sacrificed to terrible idols and temples that they were having, ritualized prostitution, and, and, and even places where they were putting children to death. They were eating meat. Christians were. And so there were great strife and division over those things. Let me um, read, for example, from Romans uh, chapter 14 here. Romans chapter 14. It says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. For one believes he may, he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own man, own mind, rather. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. Meaning you don't take an issue like that. Face masks, vaccines, politics, and make it such an issue that the brother who you're talking with is, is, is going to stumble, meaning they'll take their eyes off what really matters, the cross. Now, listen, 
someone, if one of the elders um, starts questioning uh, one of the fundamental doctrines of Christianity, the, the virgin birth, the doctrine of the, uh, the, the Trinity, the, the uh, Jesus' resurrection from the, uh, from the dead, or if there, there, and yes, there are some issues, social issues, which are grounded clearly in scripture, such as the taking of a life within the womb of a woman, abortion, or a member of, uh, of the same sex marrying each other. These are so clearly laid out in, in scripture. Believe me, there's going to be division on our elder board. Someone's going to have to go. But face masks, politics, vaccinations, never. And therefore, there's just a sweetness to the fellowship. And in the Psalms, it says that God puts his blessing, the joy, the sweetness of blessing, um, his blessing on brothers who dwell in unity. You know, I, uh, Pastor Freddie and I are reading a book. I'm really... Uh, interested in revival. I've always liked to uh, read things about revival. We're currently reading. Actually, it's inaccurate calling saying that we're reading it. We're basically studying this book practically line by line. Um, it's the autobiography of Charles Finney. Charles Finney um, was really at the center of the Second Great Awakening, um, which even in secular history books, um, the, the first great awakening, which was in the, about the 1740s um, and 50s, uh, that's, that would be George Whitfield was at the center of that. The second great uh, awakening is in the 1830s and Charles Finney is in the center of that. So I want to know, you know, I'm studying this line by line because I want to know what was it that created this revival. Now, <clears throat> interestingly enough, there's, there's a number of things, but he talks about the issue of unity amongst uh, um, part of the core group that he was a part of. He describes in his book, he says, gales of divine influence swept over us from year to year. His fruits among us were love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, temperance, goodness, and faith. He goes on to say, we have had trials amongst ourselves, frequent subjects of public discussions. Uh, we have frequently spent days and weeks discussing the great issues of the day on which we did not think alike. But these questions have not divided us. And now here's what I, the sentence I want you to listen to. Our principle has been to accord each other the right of private judgment. Why was there revival? Why was there, there was revival at that time, the, the second great awakening, because there was unity at the very center of it in the Christian. And what brought about that unity? Everyone recognized the right of private judgment amongst non-biblically fundamental issues. I don't know about you. I want a revival and I'm going to fight for that revival. If I mostly in the prayer closet, um, but, but also that my behavior comports with this type of thing. So my exhortation to all of you at Calvary Chapel, it's just, it's using the words of Romans 14, 10. Why do you judge your brother for not taking the vaccine? Why do you judge your sister for taking the vaccine? Why do you show contempt for them? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And so let's move on. Should you be taking this vaccination? Well, let me say this. I would never tell you whether or not you should take any vaccine, much less a vaccine that has uh, come to market very quickly. As I understand it, it went through the whole approval process far, far quicker than any other vaccine. It, it also uses a new technology, at least for vaccines, the RNA technology. 
I would never tell you whether or not you should take a vaccine. I have spoken to four doctors at our church. All four doctors have said that the vaccines that are available are safe and effective. Uh, and my understanding that is that each of them will be taking it. I personally am being vaccinated. Uh, my wife, Stephanie, she has always been in charge of vaccinations of our, uh, you know, of our family. Well, the five, the five kids. And I would describe her approach to vaccinations as cautious restraint. As I speak, I believe, but I'm not certain that she's going to be vaccinated. If she doesn't get vaccinated, I'm not going to have an issue with that. Uh, not at all. That is between her and the Lord. As I understand it, some of my children are not being vaccinated. Others are. I'm fine with that. I, as, a, as a spiritual leader of my family, as well as the church, I want everyone going to the Lord. Same thing with the uh, Calvary Chapel Elders Board. Elders Board. Some are being vaccinated. Others are not. I'm fine with that. But I will say this. I am surprised that many Christians will believe, they have a propensity to believe someone on the internet who says they are a doctor, but they won't believe someone who is a doctor, even if a doctor is a spirit-filled Christian. That concerns me. Some of you know that prior to being a pastor, I was a lawyer. When someone gets on the internet and says, I'm a lawyer, so you need to believe me when I tell you this, immediately, that's a check in in my spirit. Like, why does this guy or woman have to wave their qualifications in my face? I want to know more about what this person, who this person is, and I want to know about their experience and their, uh, and their track record amongst contemporaries. Uh, it doesn't mean that it could very well mean that some people hate the person's guts, but you can research a person's track record and, and see. Don't just believe someone just because they say they're a doctor, uh, whether they are pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. Talk to your own doctor. See what they say. Uh, don't assume that they have bought into a pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine narrative. Talked to one per person last week who told me their longtime doctor said to them, listen, considering your whole profile, your overall profile, I would say that you have more to gain than to lose by taking the vaccine. I think it's important, very important that you pray to the Lord, that you do go to God and, and, and ask, Lord, do you want me to take this vaccine? I encourage you to go to our website and listen to my sermon on Romans 12, 1 and 2 on determining the will of God. You may ask, well, Pastor Steve, is it possible? Uh, that the Lord would be telling one person to take the vaccine and another person not to. I absolutely do. And I say that understanding that the, uh, the, the public health issue at stake, uh, that uh, there needs to be so-called herd immunity for um, the, the, the vaccination program to be accepted. I, I just, I cannot, as a, as a preacher, and believer in God's word, I'm just not going to put God in a box and assume we know that his answer for every human being on a subject like this. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Now, recently, uh, a Christian leader uh, got said publicly that he believes that if Jesus Christ were here, he would take the vaccine. Other Christian leaders have stated uh, that Christians should not take the vaccine. In my opinion, making those kind of statements, either pro or against, is highly irresponsible, unbiblical, and spiritually dangerous. And I really mean that. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3 says that spiritual leaders are not to lord over their flocks. They should not be controlling in that way. They should be pointing their flocks to the Lord, as well as reasonable resources, but not to themselves. And that's the issue. Those, to me, when that, that, that kind of thing happens, when they make statements, dogmatic statements like that, what they're doing 
is they're training their folks to look at them and not the Lord, and as well as other reasonable resources. And, and so I, I, I very much um, uh, am grieved when I hear statements like that. But let's, let's jump to um, some more specific issues. And again, just focusing on the, on the word of God. There have been YouTube videos and other communications going out that state that the vaccination is the mark of the beast. And by the way, this type of thing happens every 25, 30 years. And um, someone or other is going to start saying things like this. And, um, it, you know, if, if the older you get, the, the, the more you see this kind of this kind of cycle, and, and I, I agree that eventually there will be uh, this a, a program by the Antichrist uh, of getting people to be uh, to, to take the mark or trying to force people to take the mark. But actually, actually I just want to talk there because I, I on this because I think that the Bible again has very specific. Um, uh, very specific uh, verses uh, that address this clearly, w without question. Uh, the Mark of the Beast is a reference to a prophecy made in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. In that prophecy, the Antichrist, or perhaps more correctly, the false prophet acting on behalf of the Antichrist, causes multitudes of people throughout the world to take a mark signifying their allegiance to the Antichrist and, they, and their rejection of the living God. All who take the mark of the beast are doomed to everlasting destruction. Let me read just a couple of verses from the book of Revelation. I'm going to read from verse, verses 15 and 16. He, meaning the false prophet acting on behalf of the Antichrist, was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So there's, there's an image of the beast. There's an idolatry going on of the Antichrist himself, as well as perhaps other images around the world, whatever, idols around the world, and anyone who did not worship the image of the beast was killed. Verse 16 says, and he, meaning the false prophet, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark of their, uh, mark on their right hands or on their forehead. And um, then verse 18 goes on to say, here's the wisdom, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, his number is 666. So that, that's the mark of the beast. Um, is the vaccination the mark of the beast? Well, if you just heard the verses I just read, you will agree with me, most certainly not. It is clear from those verses that when people take the mark of the beast, they are knowingly worshiping the Antichrist. I should also add that the rise of the Antichrist and the mark of the beast occurs after the rapture. And as we are well aware, the rapture hasn't happened yet in 2021. But even if you do not believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, to be sure, the vaccination is not the mark of the beast because the verses plainly say that the mark of the beast is an act of worship. It also says that those who do not take the mark of the beast are killed. There has been no indication at all that those who decide not to take the COVID vaccine will be killed. None whatsoever. But Calvary Chapel, Gird up the loins of your mind. Let's, let's talk turkey here. Uh, this is where the Bible's teaching on grace becomes intensely practical. 
You know, we, we read about the doctrines of grace, but are we, as Pastor Gus mentioned last Sunday morning, are we going to actually believe them and act them out and push the stone away and by faith live them before all men? What does the Bible say so clearly about eternal life and salvation? That it is by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The idea that the mark of the beast is... Um, uh, the, the vaccine of the mar is the mark of the beast and therefore dooms all, all who get it to everlasting destruction is completely contrary to the doctrines of grace. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. It doesn't say if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead and you did not take the COVID-19 vaccine, you are saved. It doesn't say that. That would violate all the teachings that we have been so careful to teach and believe at Calvary Chapel. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Did you receive the spirit who... Uh, who, who did you receive the spirit? Meaning, did you receive grace? Did you receive salvation by the works of the law or by faith? Are you so foolish? He continues, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Are you now being made perfect by not getting a vaccination? There were some in Paul's day who were going around and telling Christians, that in addition to putting their faith in Christ, they also needed to be circumcised to be saved. Just like there are those going around today saying that in addition to faith in Christ, you have to not be vaccinated. Now, some other um, religious zealots uh, who are, I would call false prophets, have been saying other things like, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, because they use a synth synthetic piece of uh, genetic material, it will somehow transform people into another form of creature and unredeemable, again, everlasting destruction in hell. Again, apply the doctrines of grace, Coffee Chapel. That's completely opposed to the doctrines of grace that the New Testament is loaded with. Again, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and that God raises from the dead and you did not take the Pfizer vaccine, you're saved. It doesn't say that. Listen to Paul pleading with the church in Colossus. Listen to him pleading with the church in Colossus. He says, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, a false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Best thing to do is listen to the words of your Lord, Jesus Christ. In Mark 17, verse 15, Jesus said um, to those who were around them, do you fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile a man? What comes out of a person, that 
defiles a man. That's verse 20 of Mark. Meaning if, if what comes out of a person is unbelief, rejection of Jesus Christ, words that would reflect that they're putting their hands in the, in the uh, putting their heads in the sand to the obvious existence of God and, and, and that, that he sent his son. That a, a confession of unbelief, that is what defiles a man. But it says, Jesus says, but not something that goes into a person. Taking the vaccine does not defile you. Not taking the vaccine does not defile you. Meaning neither have anything to do with someone standing before God. That God would send hundreds of millions of people to everlasting punishment who unwittingly took a vaccine is completely contrary to all the doctrines of the Bible and is utterly outrageous in light of the clear teaching of Scripture. Let's move on to the next issue. And these, some, some of these issues are hard, and some people would say, you know, Steve, whatever you do, don't talk about the vaccine in your church. You're going to get people mad, and, you know, people will up and leave or whatever. But would I, I, would I be doing my job as a shepherd if I do not hit these issues head on? I instruct all of you to be searching the scriptures, and um, but we don't, at Calvary Chapel, we don't avoid hard issues. The next hard issue, and this is indeed a, is a hard one, that some of the COVID vaccines are made by growing the necessary viruses in fetal embryo fibroblast cells that originally came from uh, two fetuses that were aborted in the 1960s. And these same cells from these aborted fetuses continue to grow in laboratories and are, are used in vaccines today. Um, now, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines do not use those cells. So it's a non-issue with the Pfizer, Pfizer and Moderna back vaccines. Other vaccines... Uh, that are available. I understand that the AstraZeneca vaccine does um, and, and, and other vaccines do. So here, you know, my, my answer here is, is, is not going to get everyone happy, but it, it, I'm sure no one's going to be in 100% agreement with everything that I say tonight. We're all responsible for going to the Lord. But, but um, in my opinion, the Bible is... is so clear on the issue of abortion. In Psalm 139, it says, David says, you made me, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I personally believe that as a statement to the pharmaceutical um, industry, if you have a choice that, um, you should choose one of the, if, if you're going to be vaccinated, you should choose one that does not use the cell line from these aborted fetuses. That's my opinion. In order to send a message, look, we don't like using this cell line. Would you please use something else? That's my opinion. Now, still, I would say that as, as a Christian, you should not condemn any other person. All, again, Romans chapter 14 um, if they take one of these uh, other vaccinations. I, I'm not sure, but I think that Johnson & Johnson may use that, uh, th their vaccine may use that cell line. But you should not be condemning that person. I, I spoke with um, a Christian biologist as a PhD from Harvard in biology. And he, he, what he explained to me was basically, um, it is an unlikely that anyone watching this video right now um, has not had some medication, some vaccination, something uh, along the line in your lifetime. It, it's virtually zero possibility uh, that you have not used one of these, uh, a, a vaccine or a medicine that either in the production or in actuality use these 
um, you use these cells from these two aborted fetuses. It's just one of those things that very, very sad um, that has, uh, it's it sort of, it, it, it's gotten into the, uh, it's gotten into the well, if you would say, and it's, uh, it's, it's virtually impossible, according to this Christian brother, uh, to completely avoid it. And he likens it to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, um, eating meat offered to idols. His recommendation is, look, if you're taking um, some medicine, some vaccine, don't ask questions, just eat it. Paul actually says that um, about the meat offered to idols. It would go to the public meat market. Um, there would be signs over some of the meat saying uh, this was offered to idols or they would sell it directly at the pagan temple. It was cheaper. People would buy, um, would buy it. His advice, Paul, the Apostle Paul's advice is, look, whether it's offered to meat offered to idols or not, I really don't care. But my advice to you is this. If you have meat at, at, at someone's house, don't ask questions. Just eat the thing. Just go ahead and eat it. Uh, and um, I think that that argument has a lot of merit here. Um, when you're having uh, you, that, that, that the vaccine, even the vaccines that has these, um, that have these, uh, these cell lines from the aborted fetuses, um, th there's a similarity to it. It has some merit um, to the argument, I, I, I believe. And therefore, we should not at all condemn people um, who... Um, who have decided to take this vaccine for among other reasons, you have to, and so have I at some point in our life. If anyone over 20 years old, I would submit. So, um, you know, but that, that, that is a, a, a difficult issue. Uh, you, you know, that during the Nazi, there's, you know, we live in a fallen world and there's these, there, there's these issues that have come up that are just part and part partial to living in a fallen world. Someday Jesus is returning. We'll get glorified bodies. We'll be in a kingdom and we're not going to have any of these issues. But the, you know, during the Nazi uh, years, they, they were using experiments on uh, human beings and they would kill these people operating on them to try to come make medical advances, which they did. And they, they published their research. Well, what are we going to do? Get rid of the research because of its origin? There were others. Um, there's a well-known tragedy where black men were used, were, were actually given syphilis. Uh, they, they contracted, were deliberately given syphilis, and then they would track their lives after to, um, to uh, make medical advances, which they did. Are we going to do away with that, the, that research? I don't think so. I think it's a tragedy. We live in a fallen world. It's part of the nature of our fallen world. So, so there you have it. Um, I, I do believe scripture has some of the answers on these things, but ultimately these things, um, it, it's a matter of, of um, a private judgment. I, I want to close uh, tonight with doing, um, I, I say close tonight, the next segment it's probably about 20 minutes, but I, I want to close tonight by um, reading um, Ephesians chapter 5. And in this next seg segment, in the last 15 or 20 minutes, more has to do with um, your and my behavior surrounding the information that we receive and the information that we give out. Ephesians chapter uh, 5 says this. It says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have this question for each of you, and I ask it for my, to my own heart. 
Are you, by your behavior, helping that happen? Or are you, by your behavior, hindering that from happening? From what happening? Well, again, the community, a community that sounds like this, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody of the heart, giving thanks always uh, for all things to, the God, uh, to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you, by your behavior, helping or hindering that? Do you find that when you're talking to other brothers and sisters in the church, that, it, that you're more interested, you're more passionate about talking about the vaccine or face masks or politics than you are about the wonderful salvation that you have in Christ. You're more interested in talking about the, uh, your opinion, pro or against the vaccine, than you are the faithfulness of God, the tender mercies of God. Are you more interested about talking about the vaccine and your opinion than you are about talking about the word of God? If so, <clears throat> I suggest something is very wrong in your life. I suggest you're being disobedient to the Lord and that you need to repent. God loves you and he wants something so much more and better from your life. He wants your behavior, brother. He wants your behavior, sister, to, <clears throat> to help bring the Christian community to a place where it sounds like Ephesians 5 19 and 20, where, where in the community, it's psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's not that we don't research these things. We need to, any medical decision, need to research it, do thorough research and seeking the Lord. But what, but what is your passion? What, 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 what passion do you bring into um, a conversation? Whether it's a conversation or maybe something that you send out. In, a, in an email, a video, or whatever. Another Bible verse to give you, as well as another question. This is a great one to determine the will of God. <clears throat> James chapter 3, verse 16, says this, verse 15, rather. It says, the wisdom that does not descend from God or above, is earthly, sensual, and demonic, where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion, and everything are there. But, verse 17, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here's my next question. Does that person who is talking to you or that person who is sending you videos, what do you feel like? What do you feel like after talking to them or after reading or listening to whatever it is they are sending you? Is the wisdom they are sending you, that they're giving you, does it meet the standard of James chapter 3, verse 17? Is it, is it pure? <clears throat> is it peaceable? Is it pure? Is it peaceable? Is it filled with mercy? Or does it leave you confused or filled with fear, sensual? If so... I think you need to make some decisions about what you say or what you do with this person. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It's such a handy verse. It's so practical. It says this. We studied it on Sunday morning last year. It says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's about, excuse me, it's, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not a, the kingdom of God is not about face masks and vaccinations. It's about peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It is followed, Romans 14 is followed with that amazing and for me life-changing chapter, Romans 16. You remember that chapter. That's the chapter where Paul is greeting all the people who, um, who he knows and loves. In uh, verse 5, he, uh, greet um, the church that is in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, Aquila. Greet my beloved Apennatus. Greet my beloved Amplius. Greet my beloved Statius. Greet my beloved Persis. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. But then, what does it say in verse 17? But I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the teaching which you learned, and avoid them. Note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the teaching which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not serving. They're misguided. If you are receiving videos from a person or, or someone is communicating with you, and it violates the standard of James chapter 3, verse 18. You, after, you just have this fear. Uh, you, 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 you don't have the peace, which James um, 3.17 says is from above. But you have uh, uh, fear and confusion. My suggestion is to cut them off. Before you do that, you may want to, in love, you may want to, in love, confront them about, you know, why is it that you have so much passionate about this and you're leaving people feeling condemned? That is not of the Lord. So with all my heart, Calvary Chapel, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe, some of you may laugh, but I, I, I do believe it, that there has been a conversation in the courts of God Similar uh, to uh, in the courts of rather the courts of heaven between uh, uh, there has been a conversation in the courts of heaven between Satan and God, much like this, uh, the conversation that Satan and God had in Job chapter one. You remember those verses, Job chapter one, verses, uh, uh, verse six, it says that there was a day when the angels of God or the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. Verse seven. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions. But now, this is Satan talking to God, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. I believe there's been a, a similar conversation uh, between God and Satan. And he said, and, and, and God has said um, to Satan, Hey, where have you been? Well, I've been to and fro in all the earth. And God has said to him, have you considered that church in Boston, Calvary chapel in the city? There's so much love and health, spiritual health and love for each other on their elder board. And in their church, 
And Satan said to him, oh yeah, well that may be the case, but you just let me introduce this. You just let me introduce Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. You let me introduce Donald Trump and Joseph Biden. You let me introduce vaccinations, whether to be vaccinated or not. You let me introduce that. They'll be cursing each other, cursing up a storm and dividing. Calvary Chapel, I believe there's been that kind of conversation about our church and many other churches in the world. And we have a job to do. And that is to glorify the Lord. And as we saw in John chapter 17, we glorify the Lord by our unity for one another. We show the world that the Father sent the Son by our unity for one another and giving each other the right of private judgment about these things. I'm going to close with this verse. It says this. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another. This is Romans 15. Actually, this is Romans 15, chapter 5. Romans 15, verse 5 and 6. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That is God's heart for us. Calvary Chapel. May we be instruments of grace and love and unity as a church.